this is Graphically Novel, a podcast by three brothers who like each other but love comic books. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And on this episode, we are doing another one of Josh's picks. And so uh, there was a dice roll. Um, there, like darts were thrown at boards. Chicken bones were, you know, in, in chicken bones and entrails were thrown out and examined. And so, Josh, what are we reading? Uh, well, the tea leaves told me to read Wolf Moon. <laughs> <laughs> the only one you left off there. Yeah, tea leaves. Uh, now, we got Wolf Moon. Uh, and we previewed it last week with the summary. Uh, but really, the main draw was uh, Colin Bun. That was, we, we've read him. We seem to like him. Uh, I needed something spooky for spooky month. And uh, so, Colin Bun and werewolves. I don't think we've done a werewolf comic yet. So, sounded like a good idea. I don't think we have. I don't. I don't think we have. We've done zombies and vampires, but not not, yeah. not werewolves. So. so good call, you. Yeah, that's an oversight. Maybe. Thanks for correcting yeah. it. Yeah, I do what I can. All right, you have your moments. I, insert joke about blind squirrels and broken clocks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what's well, time for the live action Batman grades on this low energy episode of Graphically Novel? <laughs> <laughs> anyway this is our eccentric grading scale based on the men who have thus far played batman in live action and from best to worst that scale is bell affleck keaton west kilmer and poor george clooney and after the tr- extended trailer that came out this week i'm thinking patents may be higher on that scale than we were expecting i think so uh nope. but i'm I'm, a, I'm first out of the gate here and i had i had a lot of fun with this story um, it's Colin Bunn. I mean, Colin Bunn is a highly competent comic book writer. He's good at the medium. Um, he he's always tells entertaining stories. Um, he's got a good shooting percentage. I mean, there's only been like one or two graphic novels of his that I didn't like. Um, so I'm going to go a solid athlete on this. I had a really, really good time. I've got some nitpicks here and there. Um, it doesn't rise to the level of bail in any, any, any of our categories. But um, it's a really good time. And I, and I would say, if you're a horror fan, this is a high recommendation. I agree with everything you said. It is a high recommendation. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Hit all the marks for me. Uh, but like you said, it doesn't rise to a bell in any category for us. But I definitely gave it a solid athletic also. All right. Well, I guess that leaves it to me to be Debbie Downer for the week. Uh, <laughs> I was... Uh, I'm dancing on the Keaton West line there, just right in the middle of the grade scale. So uh, you guys have swayed me. I'm going Keaton with it. I'll go down <laughs> one from where you're at. We're doing the opposite of, you know, pick inflation this week. Everybody's hating their own pick. Uh, or this month. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. There was, there was a couple of things that just got on my nerves, and I just couldn't get over them. And, uh, There's some holes. There's about. some stuff that didn't make sense. There's some artwork that maybe you don't agree with, but overall, it's, it's a solid read. Yeah, if you if you like horror and you're looking for something for Halloween, you're wanting something a little horror-ish, a little spooky, it's a good read. I mean, Colin Bunn does a good job. Yeah. Um, there is a like a NBA analogy or sports analogy. We're talking about being a, like he's a professional wide receiver. He's a professional, you know, forward or whatever. And it's just like saying like, yeah, he's he's not like excellent is not a star but he's he's competent he's good at you know what he does i think that's colin bunn colin bunn's not going to be remembered as an alan moore or a frank miller um or a jeff lemire um but 
he's got a he's just a good, solid, competent, professional comic writer, you know? Mm-hmm. And he can do a lot worse. Anyway, so we've already um, said his name a lot, but on the creator credits, this was written by Colin Bunn. Art was by Jeremy Hahn. Colors by Lee Lawfridge. Letters by Travis Lanham. And cover art by Leonardo Manco and Trish Mulvihill. And it was published by Vertigo. I have forgotten who they published about it for a long time. Um, but this ends the part of the show that is safe from all that spoiler radiation. After you hear the spoiler klaxon, it is full spoilers ahead. Venture on at your own risk. It's time for the bite size breakdown. Okay, I'm first on Wolf Moon. I can't want to say Full Moon or some other kind of moon thing. I I <laughs> I even typed it wrong when I made our, our show notes. Um, anyway, so chapter one is called "Of Wolf and Man." Was it named for the Metallica song? I think so. So I can't It was in my brain. Yeah, if that's a literary analogy, I don't know what it. It was. It was way over my head. But I, that's a cool Metallica song. Um, anyway, so here we go. The chapter opens with a group of hunters getting slaughtered by a werewolf in Dover Creek, Kentucky. Then we learn that a man named Dylan is hunting the wolf, and we get the idea that this is a different kind of werewolf. Back in Dover Creek, a man in a restaurant transforms into the wolf and starts wreaking havoc. And I always spell havoc wrong because I learned the word from the X-Men comics. (laughs) (laughs) I always want to spell havoc with a K. Anyway, Dylan shows up and puts up a good fight, but at the crucial moment, he can't pull the trigger. And as the issue closes, Dylan reveals that the wolf moves from host to host, and he has no idea how it does it. Then we see the man who had been the most recent host getting murdered and torn apart by some other kind of hunter. All right, so issue two is called Hunters. And it begins with a wolf is lured into a barn when three hunters jump out, jump out and start shooting it. The wolf escapes by jumping through the back wall. Then to, uh, Mason and Dylan are... At a hole-in-the-wall bar, talking about how Dylan couldn't take the shot last time. But he will take it next time, no matter what. Back to the wolf. It has killed one of the hunters. The other two show up and start shooting. The wolf runs off and gets tangled up in some barbed wire and cuts its face. That's when you realize that was Dylan remembering when he was the wolf. Back to present, Mason and Dylan go to see a guy that was the wolf 20 years ago. Ferris. Ferris tells Dylan... What he needs to do to kill the wolf, but also drops that the people that have been the wolf are being murdered. Then it flashes to a motel where a hunter is getting geared up. All right. Chapter three, Rampage opens with a guy getting sick in a nightclub. He stumbles outside only to turn into a wolf and kill a bunch of people. The next day, Dylan goes to the nightclub looking for clues and finds out the guy's name and that he works at the mall. Later at the mall, uh, the guy turns Harry in the middle of a shift, and Dylan shows up to stop him. In the middle of the fight, innocent bystanders' heads start exploding as another hunter has shown up with bad aim and a rifle and doesn't care about collateral damage. (laughs) I'm not sure he had bad aim. (laughs) Seven headshots in a row, but their excuse was bad aim. I'm like, he's doing good. Looks like he's doing good. Shoot everything but the werewolf. Anyway, chapter four, Long Night. The battle at the mall continues, and it's not going well. There are too many shoppers, and the beardy hunter keeps complicating things, mostly by killing tons of the shoppers. Then he almost accidentally kills the wolf by setting it on fire, but the sprinklers kick on and it gets away. 
Beardy tracks it down, but is killed by someone with a big knife who has some reason to protect the wolf. Casey shows up at Dylan's hotel, where he's a mess, by the way. She has shown up to help him finish the job once and for all. Lastly, we see the weird former host, Hunter, taking out the mall security guard, who was the most recent host, and he seems to have nearly reached whatever his weird goal is. All right, so issue five, ties that bind. A couple in her trailer when she feels sick and goes outside. That's when the wolf attacks. It kills the girl and then kills everybody in the trailer. Dylan and Casey are on the way to where the wolf had just attacked. When they get there, the sheriff has put a $1,000 bounty on the predator, and everybody has come out looking to collect the reward. That's where Dylan runs into the town's doctor, and he seems to know more than he is saying. Dylan and Casey follow him home. That's when they find out it's the doc's daughter. They go to her room, and she is gone. Somebody has taken her before she has changed. Uh, then they flash. They show her to. They show her tied to a chair and a man standing in front of her. Yep. And let's wrap it up with chapter six that I could not find a title for. Uh, oh, I see. It was towards the. Did, right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Chapter six. Uh, Dylan, Casey, and the Doc head out to find Doc's daughter. They locate the girl and find Ferris performing a ritual on her. The doctor gets pinned by Ferris, who explains everything. He has a terminal illness and wants to permanently host the wolf so he won't die. Also, he likes being the wolf. Dylan and Casey start shooting, but Ferris kills the doc and then turns into the wolf. A fight ensues. Wolf Ferris slashes Dylan, and then Casey saves the day with a magic letter, no, letter opener. The wolf is dead. Dylan is dying. And the last panel is a glimpse of three more werewolves howling at the moon. Yep. Yeah, that all happened. And I think you're throwing shade in the right place. But we're going to get back to that. (laughs) There was no shade. I just, I wrote down what happened. (laughs) Anyway, now it's time for the Graphically Novel Pyramid. The part of the show where we evaluate the book of the week based on the three elements, three elements we believe. I trouble with the letter L sometimes. A book has to nail to be a good book. The first of these is story. And I get to go first on that one. And um, it's probably the best and strongest corner. Um, But I I love the idea that this is a different kind of werewolf. The way it jumps from host to host. It kind of reminds me of Fallen. The way the uh, the demon would jump in that movie. Um, And if you're going to steal from something, that's a pretty good movie to steal from. And yeah, check you, your bingo you card my, for obscure movie yeah. reference. That's what I was like. You took my random movie reference. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, true. It's Denzel. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but how many people know, like, I mean, I, I'm not sure that's like, when people think of Denzel, that's not what they go to. So, yeah, I do. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I go to Virtuosity. Um, anyway. <laughs> that's my go-to for Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway but i I do love the idea of a different kind of werewolf that 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 he's taken like the traditional like the way a werewolf is presented and the way it changes and all that kind of stuff and kind of like taking some of like the skinwalker uh, mythology from like a lot of native american mythology and sort of played with it you know i thought it was pretty creative and i and i I, I dug that um about and also but also it gives you that additional storyline of the the former hosts and what they have to deal with and what that means for them and how that impacts their life and, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that really made for a fun story. 
and and the and the baggage they're all packing around. I mean, kind of g- gave it some it added weight, you know, and more more stakes for the story. So I, I thought that was the uh, of the strongest corner of the pyramid. I thought that was the the best thing that Colin Bunn brought to the story. It, you know, I, I did enjoy that a lot, and I, I also liked that they kept the uh, the old tropes, like the silver stuff, can hurt yeah. it, kill it, the, the and all that, because that's the end up how they killed it with the silver letter opener to the heart or whatever. But I also liked the the pace of the story. I thought it was really good and how they done the, the little bit of backstory with Dylan, how he was the wolf, and they gave a little bit of Casey and how her son was the wolf. No, I really enjoyed the whole the whole idea of the wolf, like you said, the how, how they got the Skinwalker stuff. But uh, as a werewolf story goes, man, I dug it. I thought it had the, all the right creepy elements, the, 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 the full moon. The only thing I questioned was, how uh, come if they didn't find like like if the wolf found a good host? How come they didn't stick with it? like if they jumped into like a a big burly serial killer type guy? How come they just wouldn't stick with that? Why, why would it have to change every full moon? Because it was jumping every time. And like it stuck with somebody the whole time. Do you think maybe it knew it was being hunted? It was just trying to stay ahead of the hunters. Maybe I I don't know. Maybe towards the end I could see it jumping every time. But no, like like in the early years, why would it want to jump? Like when that guy was 20, 20 years ago, nobody was hunting him then, I wouldn't think. They don't mention that. That's, that's one of the things I, I was thinking about when I was reading. Like, well, why wouldn't it stay with somebody if it found a good host? Better. It's just pure malice, and it just likes yeah. messing up people's lives. And the more yeah. lives it can mess up, the better. It seems pretty yeah, evil, so yeah, more more damage it can wreak on more people. Yeah, that makes sense. And then uh, that that fallen thing he's talking about is so true. Cause like, it showed a jump and just uh, all you got to do is to make eye contact with the person that has the wolf and the wolf can get into you. And I, and I really enjoyed that. Like it showed a little kid having it and then like it went on an airplane and a stewardess got it. So it showed how it jumped from person to person until a full moon. So I guess it's just luck of the draw if you get it or not. Just so if you're looking at somebody, you could be the wolf and not know it. That's really good. I mean, yeah, that that's the interesting take. I enjoyed that a whole bunch. And and it led to like like I said like you know like all of them had baggage even Casey was never actually the host but you know was damaged by what it did to her family but like you know you know Dylan had his whole thing like you know he knew what it was like to be the host and how powerless you were and how much it was messing you up and so he couldn't because there was you know he know if there was good people or bad people he had trouble pulling the trigger until it was in a really bad host you know that was a fun little wrinkle you know he he had chances and, and couldn't do it you know yep. it was. And then they had to wait for that moment when he was in a truly, you know, a person almost as monstrous as the wolf itself. Yeah. You guys have said all the positives I had written down. Uh, it, it is just a different take on the werewolf where it's not, you know, a disease or an infection you get from a bite that it's more supernatural than that. Uh, so I, I enjoyed that take on it. Uh, and, and all the stuff you said with the baggage, with the people that have been affected by I basically have a little survivor's group. Like I can see them sitting in a church basement somewhere drinking stale coffee, you know, talking about how the wolf ruined their life. Like, you know, I mean, th- that's a whole new element to it uh, that I really enjoyed. Uh, but yeah, I guess I was throwing a little shade in my breakdown because I want to know why the letter opener killed it, but 50 silver bullets didn't. That seemed to carry some importance because they show the letter opener when the doc has it ready. And then Casey swiped it off of him. And that's the thing that was able to kill him. 
So that seemed to carry some importance, and I don't know if that's something they were going to put in some earlier issues and it got left off. Like it's got to be heirloom silver or it's got to be like generational passed down. Like It felt like that had some weight to it that they didn't care to elaborate on. Uh, but then maybe, there was Ma- there- maybe Mason's just bad at it. Like he doesn't make the bullets right. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Uh, <laughs> But I, I felt like there were several other things that they just stated as fact, but that they that there's no way they could know. It's like, you know, when you kill the wolf, the host dies. That's one of its defense mechanisms. How could they possibly know that? I guess it's just an assumption because it moves by right. eye contact. Yeah, there's nobody there, to make eye contact with, maybe. It's just an assumption. Right. And, you know, that and then uh, the fact that it never goes back to the same person twice. I'm like, it could. You don't know that. It clearly right. did. Yeah. So they were wrong uh, about he, that. They could be wrong so about he more. used some kind of spell on it, you know, to, to make that is the vibe I got. He, he performed a ritual to, to make himself the permanent host. Uh, yep. I thought he was just being weird unnecessarily because he, yeah. he was, you know, his cheese was off his cracker. Right, right. But was off <laughs> yeah, there was there was something else I was gonna say. I can't remember what it was, but there there was a couple of things where like they're just stating that as straight up fact, like they know, but they don't elaborate how they know that. And uh, I know that's not really the point of the story, but there was just a couple of things I'm like, I feel like that's way more important than you're letting it on to be, and you're not explaining any of it to me. So I kind of had a few little gripes with that. But that, that's kind of a thing in like supernatural horror. Like, you know, why does garlic affect werewolves? Right. Why does Dracula have to sleep in a coffin with the you filled with dirt from Transylvania? I mean, there's just there's a lot of stuff. It's just like you just that's weird. But at least that stuff kind of gets stated, and we know that that's a rule. Like, I still don't know why that letter opener worked and the bullets didn't. Like, I don't know. That got on my nerves. I can't. I don't know. That really, I was just scratching my head at the end of that, going, "Why? Why did that work?" That wasn't anything I was maddest about. I've got I've got that as a nitpick on a different part of the pyramid, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other thing I was going to say is also, how do you know killing the wolf since it is a spirit and it can pass from look to look? How do you know it's just not going to pass to another host when you shoot it? You stab it with the magic letter opener. Why did, why would it not just jump to somebody else? Because it's not they making contact with anybody. Well, they shot first his eyes out. You can't make eye contact anymore. They took his eyes out first. Is that what it was? Yeah, they shot him in yeah. the eye. Yeah, they did. Uh, I thought that more was a callback to Silver Bullet, but uh, <laughs> it was. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just I, I I felt like they had some cold hard facts in that world that we don't didn't know about until it was convenient for them to state that that's a fact. Does the Silver Bullet hold up? Because I loved that movie when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm a little afraid to rewatch it. Nah, you should watch it. Okay, it's still pretty good. If nothing else, Gary Busey's still super entertaining. <laughs> He'll laugh when he's on the screen. So that was the rap. He's the crazy uncle. That yeah. is his role. Yeah. <laughs> but no, before we jump off story, one more thing I want to say. I want y'all's input. What y'all thought about it? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was another little twist they added to the story. It was at the end when the three wolves show up? Three other wolves show up. I thought that was a nice little twist to have at the end. That could be possibly set up for more. I I, I felt Josh rolling his eyes when he was reading that part. But I kind of liked it. It shows that, you know, more than just one was out there the whole time. He, like, he might have been chasing a different wolf that he wasn't, that wasn't him. You know what I'm saying? It could have been a different wolf that that was in him when he he done the bad things. So not even the wolf that was him when he killed. I like that idea. I would have been okay if they weren't together. 
Um, if 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 this is how this the rules work for this this kind of monster, having them you know together like that doesn't make sense. You wouldn't travel in a pack like this. Yeah, you wouldn't travel in a pack. I it did make so. for some really some really cool panels at the end. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, it was a cool image, but yeah, it didn't. It doesn't make any sense. Because if they'd have just shown one wolf, I would have been like, okay, well they didn't kill it. They missed. They did something wrong. Like you know, it's still around. It. it Grabbed a new host, or there's another one. Uh, but yeah, the three together, I'm like, well, there would be way more reports because they only ever have one attack and at one location per full moon. If there's four werewolves, there should have been multiple attacks in different places every month, not just one place. Well, maybe they're like um, Bigfoots and they're like living near Mount Rainier in the wild. And so maybe this will bring them out of hiding. Yeah, could be. That's why I thought they, they were coming back for revenge because one of them got killed. That's what I. That's how I took it. Yeah, all three of them showed up at once. Uh, also, I, I don't know where the Bigfoots live. I was just making reference to a book I really like called Devolved. <laughs> 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 but I think everyone should read. Uh, okay. Anyway, well, let's move on to art. Okay, Sam, what you got? So I have. A bunch of nitpicks. So we're going to go over what I like first. The wolf was good. The blood gory stuff was okay. And I liked the colors. Most of the colors were really good. Like the reds, the blues, and all that stuff was really good on the page. I enjoyed that. Then there's a big but. I hated the fight scenes. It was so hard to follow. Like some of the times when the wolf was doing stuff, I couldn't really tell what it was doing. Like, like when there's a lot of blood and gore on one page, it might look cool, but I couldn't tell what it was. You know, like, like, one time I think there was a dog or something the wolf had. I, I couldn't tell what was going on with it. And then the faces just so changed through the whole thing. Like that fair guy, he looked different. Like there was one page that had like five different panels of him, and he looked different in every panel. I had a really hard time. I didn't realize that was the guy they went and talked to in the beginning. I didn't either. That's how much <laughs> Me <changed. either. laughs> Like took me a minute. Like that's that's the guy. Like like when he's talking about. It took me when they, were, when they was talking to realize that's who that was. So I, I just had a hard time with the faces. Dylan's changed a whole bunch too. Only reason you can tell Dylan parts because he had the three cuts on his face. Yeah, and those big, crazy sideburns. And those big chops, crazy. yeah. Uh, well, them things evolved too. Them chops weren't always there neither. Yeah, to 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 jump on real quick, Sam, I interrupt you with uh, not knowing who people were. I didn't realize that was Casey's flashback we were getting. I thought that was maybe her as a kid. That she was the wolf when she was a child, and then you find out no, that's her in the passenger seat. Pages one thirteen and one fourteen. I even marked them down because it's a flashback, and then it's a a picture of her. And those are different people. You're not going to sit there and tell me that's supposed to be the same person from page one thirteen to one fourteen. All right, guys, I, I I'm with you on the faces. I'm I'm just going to jump into my my biggest complaint. Um. Sam's right about the fight scenes, but there's one that's, that's the most egregious. It's about the knife, right? We they we never see like a little panel of her picking it up off the table. We don't see her pocket it. We don't see her have it. And then when the on page um one forty six, when the when the wolf charges her and she shoots at it, it smacks her away. She was never close to it. We don't and then like when she's on the ground, her arm is like pinned. When did she stick the knife in it? We never see her stick the knife in it. Yep. When, when did the knife get in it? I mean, it's, it's not just that like that the the gunshot should have worked. And why does a little bitty let, little you know bitty letter opener be the thing that kills it? We never see her do it. 
Yeah. I'm going to take a logic jump and say at the bottom of page 146, you see your right hand trying to fend its face off. I'm going to say your left hand's down there, prison shanking that thing with the letter opener. Yeah. Out of guess, panel, you can't see it, but I'm guessing because, like you said, they don't show it. But it's you the death blow of the, the whole point of the story. Why why would you not show that and and, and make us figure it out? Yeah, you know, I was so when I when I do the page turn and I'm like, how would I get a knife in there? <laughs> What's well, the doctor's knife? They show him putting it in his pocket, but I still don't understand how Casey got it either. Yeah, yeah, yeah they they That's missed weird. they missed that. Uh, and if we're going to keep going with things that got on our nerves. The wolf, I like the design. I like had a proper amount of wolf face. It didn't look too human. Like I like that kind of werewolf. Uh, but they need to have a different pose for that wolf because it's only ever doing the angry Wolverine where he first slings his claws out and his arms are <laughs> to the side. That's the only pose they draw the werewolf in. Every single time you see it, it's just got its arms straight out to the side. Yeah, which is a cool the- pose for a couple of times. Like I get it. It's yeah. ready to attack. But that's the only pose they draw it in. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. But the wolf it is, looks it is good. cool. Yeah, I mean it's cool. And I like it. I like it when they do it in silhouette. It looks intimidating. Uh I mean the wolf was cool, but I just I think it could have been a little more dynamic. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and then I I had some more stuff I wanted to pick at that I don't know if y'all wanna agree with me or not, but it's one of my, my pet peeves also. Is like when you have a panel that's got like a person or two in it and it's just one solid color behind it, there's nothing behind them. Like there's a lot of panels. I feel like they forgot to do the backgrounds on. And there's a few of them that had backgrounds and they forgot the color. It was just flat. Like, those, it was really I hard. That, like, I think that's a style choice was, on this one. Yeah. I think so too, but it's still like, it's sometimes it's hard for me to look at because I was like, man, this is so much wasted space. You just, had two people standing there, and you just colored the background solid. I think sometimes they they do that on purpose, and it's to like to like it's a dramatic moment. They don't want you looking at the background; they want you just looking at the people. But like, but there's that. a lot of it in this book. They've done that a lot in this one. I'd yeah. forgive a few here and there, but this was filled with it to the brim with just with that. And then I I had that a hard probably time. Works with- better when you've got better face art to really focus on. Yeah, That's I could probably use a little background to distract me from those faces. <laughs> and things like, so you'd have this this plain background just colored, and then you have these weird faces. And if you look at some of the eyes, they don't have pupils; it's just the white socket. Oh, I, I I just I didn't care for the art very much. Um, sometimes the sometimes the backgrounds like I wish they hadn't drawn them as much as they did, because like yeah. like in the mall. Like what those people are doing uh, that aren't the wolf, Dylan, or Beardy make no sense. People are just standing around. There's a werewolf so, running around. There's like people walking their dogs. They're just so they're, they're, still sh- they're still shopping, just hanging out, trying on clothes. <laughs> People's heads are being exploded all around them. You know, it's like trying to still trying to find their size. I mean, it's just it didn't make any sense. I mean, no, and we'll the, yeah, I, 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 I thought the thing is that that's a great idea, right? A werewolf transforms inside a mall and wreaks havoc inside a crowded mall. That would be, I mean, that was it was it was great in the comic, but like, make it make it like make the surroundings make sense. People should be panicked and fleeing everywhere. 
Um, they should be tramp. There should be bodies from people who've panicked and trampled each other. But the people it's like, I hey, we're just you know, where's the Sparrow at? You yeah. know, I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah. That would have been Christmas. cool to see. Yeah, to see the wolf over displays and find people hiding behind it or something. You know, yeah, yeah. It's jumping it's up on a Christmas. counter or something. Yeah. It's the I don't think anybody's hiding. No, they wouldn't. That's how they got shot in the head because they were still shopping. They just kept walking in front of the werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> like, stop walking in front of it. Uh, I, I, I do want to say, though, I think this style worked well for the comic. I, I think the way the wolf was drawn with the, with the amount of detail to the fur and stuff like that worked for it. I think if yeah. you went too more hyper-realistic, it would have been... I, I don't know. I, I think for the supernatural feel we got with, you know, the werewolf jumping from host to host and all this stuff, like I, this style felt like it matched the story. Uh, it, it, I agree with you. I think it was good. And I, I think like the dark, gloomy, creepy stuff when the wolf was out and doing the attacking, it, it kind of fit. It did. I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I it, liked it by and large. Yeah. Yeah, overall, it was pretty solid. Uh, Except for the knife thing. That really annoyed me. Yeah. Uh, the faces. Yeah, well, the wolf pose got me, so we all had something different that we were just rolling our eyes out. Uh, but uh, I do want to make a comment, though. I think they struck the right balance with the amount of gore, because werewolves just naturally are super violent creatures. They're claws and teeth, and they just rip people to shreds and tear them into a bunch of pieces. Everybody and they did that. that. Always, ha- but, always happens in nature. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Werewolves always do that. Yeah, always werewolves. But I see you over there being funny. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to say, I think they done it well because there is a lot of gore, but it didn't feel over the top. Every panel wasn't just blood and guts everywhere. You know, when the wolf was being gruesome, it, it was very gruesome and they got that across. But that wasn't every time we saw the wolf. It wasn't just like covered in guts and stuff. So I thought they struck a good balance with that, with, with showing the viciousness of the wolf without it getting, you know, too over the top. Yeah, and it, they kind of held back on showing, like, because it, it was state that like he ate his victims, and um, and there were times like they would show a little bit, but it was always like it was never like super close up, and so that that they you know they they could have leaned into it and made it really gross and have like entrails right. everywhere or whatever, but they, they didn't do that. Yeah, I thought I thought they hit a good balance with it. Yeah, I mean we nitpicked a lot, but I think the art was solid, and I think it, like yeah. you said, it fit the story well, and I think most of all what. Um, Jeremy Holland was good at was was setting the tone for the story. Like it, it's 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 got a real mood to it that, that really works for the story. So yeah. All right, uh, Josh, you want to start us off on characters? Yeah, the uh, characters were for me probably the second best part after the story. Uh, I, I I liked the characters. Uh, I think they could have done a better job developing the re- relationships between the characters, like Dylan and Mason. I know they're working together to hunt the wolf, but at times they feel like they're really good friends, but at times it feels like maybe they're not so much that they're just working together. Like their dynamic, I don't think was fleshed out as well as it could have been. Uh, same with Dylan and Casey. I, I think they could have sorted that out a little bit more for me. Uh, I mean, I like them as characters. I just don't know that their, like I said, their relationships or their dynamics were, were laid out as well as I wanted. Uh, but but they were really interesting characters. I mean, I like Dylan. He's got a, a cool backstory. Well, it's not cool, but an interesting backstory. How he was, you know, the host to a supernatural, you know, entity that turns you into a werewolf, and he, you know, 
apparently killed his family and he's got to live with that baggage and now it drives him to go and hunt the wolf and hunt the hunt that uh supernatural being so you know i i, I like the characters i just i think their yeah their dynamics could have been a little better see what you just said there though that's that's one of the reasons i like the end of the story what you said is the stuff the wolf made him do to kill his family murdered his family and all our stuff then they throw out these other wolves like are we sure he got the right wolf so he's gonna keep hunting I just liked how they ended. Sorry, I wanted. To yeah, I, I thought Dylan was dead. I thought he was. I thought he was on his way out. He the might be dead. Yeah, his guts were hanging out. He's probably he got slashed pretty hard. Yeah, we can fix that. I mean, it's we can <laughs> hold, hold, hold him in. Wait for back. the yard. Yeah, I mean, we went for the EMTs. You know, um, I, I'm with you. I mean, we could have had more. I mean, Dylan and, and Casey and Mason were pretty surface level characters. Um, they were okay. Um, I mean, Mason should have been like his uh, guy in the chair, you know, and they should have earpieces talking to each other, you know, and Mason should have been calling out, like, you know, the directions in the mall where he should go to try to cut the wolf off. It would have been an extra little layer that would have been fun. Um, yeah. I think Casey should have, like, pushed back harder on him, you know, like, you know, we're, we're, we're so messed up by this, you know, wolf thing that happened to us when you just, just get as far away as you can, stop doing this. At the last second, I mean, I just I, I felt like that, that 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 dynamic could have been played with more. Um, but I just I keep coming back. I I love the thing they did, um, because the host jumps like that, and the people have to live. And that they, and he they say it repeatedly, like they're fully aware everything that happened. They were aware of. I mean, they were kind of you know riding shotgun and witnessing everything that happened. I mean, that I just I love what that did for the the characters in the story, like the, all of that nonsense and baggage and trauma they were they were packing around. Made for inter- made automatically made them interesting characters, and really, it's that's all the characters in the story. Just those three, really. I mean, the yeah. story revolved around those. Ferris a little bit. He ended up being the other bad guy besides the wolf. But uh, he, but he was so he was so one dimensional. He should have had a mustache. We could twirl it. Yeah, he should. have. <laughs> but he had a lot of potential to think of all the terrible things he did as a wolf. Uh, you know what else did he go through with his illness or whatever that made him think that's a good idea. I should go try to be that again. Like, I feel like he had a lot of potential to be a really interesting character, you know, to to see what kind of motivations, what would drive somebody to want to, to permanently host the werewolf. You know, was he already, you know, you know, was his cheese already off the cracker before he ever became the wolf? Like, was he already super unstable and stuff? Like, I I feel like they could have played around a lot with Ferris and, and, and they didn't. And like you said, Jamie, he's just a generic, he's the bad guy. You know, he wants to be the wolf. Like, they, they could have done a lot more with him. And I think in, a, like, a 12-issue Maxi series, they would have. There, there would have been, like, competing storylines about what had happened to him and how messed up he was and and more elaboration on what he was doing in the background to become the wolf again. Yeah, I, I think we could have used a little bit more backstory on everybody. We get a few little flashes with Dylan, you know, and saw what happened in Casey. Her, you know, kid can turned into the wolf like so we kind of understand how the wolf touched their lives but as far as like who they are their backstory or what's going on with them we didn't get any of that but it's pretty solid story. yeah yeah i mean six one. issues is yeah they don't go for what they have i mean but also we're, we're in i mean we're doing a horror story i mean i mean yeah. horror movies aren't known for in-depth you know character development right and so, as far as far as the genre goes, I mean, it's I mean, maybe better than the average horror movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. All right, you want to give us some awards? 
Let's do it. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? All right. And these are the things we dig most in Wolf Moon. And I have best cover, and I'm going to go with uh, page six. And I, I love the way that the wolf is sort of morphing out of the back of the woman's head on the on the cover there. I just, I, lo- I love that the coloring there is cool, but I, I love that transformation out of the, the back of her body. I just, I thought, I thought it was a really cool image. Now, was there ever a, a wolf that was a woman in the story? No, I thought that was Casey until I found out it was a kid. I, I don't know who that was. Yeah. Uh, uh, that I'm, is sure, really... I'm sure there were, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's not in this what they talked about. Yeah. But anyhow, so I did enjoy that one also. But I, I picked page 80. It's uh, issue four. I don't know why I like that one. I, I really enjoyed the wolf, the the colors, and the, the silver bullet under it. I'm assuming it's the silver bullet. Yeah, it should have been the silver letter opener in this story. <laughs> letter opener of justice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll give you guys the right answer. It's uh, issue six on page 128. That's a good one. I didn't realize it at first, but there's another face in the wolf snout there. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't see that at first. And, yeah, I thought that one was really good. And that's that's got that same kind of moodiness to it. I think that would have been good art for the interiors as well. Yeah. All right, and there are no variants, so uh, moving on. Sam, who's your best character? Uh, well, I mean, Dylan's going to be the right answer, but I liked Mason a whole bunch for some reason. I got a kick out of that old dude. I think he was a werewolf before. I, I don't know if I actually come out and said it. But I'm pretty sure he was a werewolf, but he, both his legs were missing at the, at the knee. One of his eyes is gouged out, so he had a hard time being a wolf, and he was a grumpy old man. I, I just liked what his dynamics with Dylan. That's really who I want to pick with. I wish he had more panel time. I right, about Mason. That's my final answer. <laughs> and I, I may have shown my hand a little bit on the character section, but uh, I'm going with Ferris, not because of the Ferris we got in the issues, but because of the potential. Uh, you know, I find myself a lot of times with the villains. Like I, I want they they intrigue me why they work why they do the things they do I, I find it intriguing sometimes more than the heroes so yeah I, I just I thought Ferris could have had a whole lot going on if we'd had a couple more issues uh, to delve into that but just you know his backstory what he went through uh, what's made him decide to be the wolf permanently like that's the dude's got some stuff going on and it kind of intrigues me so yeah I'm going with Ferris that's All a right. twist I didn't see yeah. well I'm gonna be Captain Obvious and say Dylan. I really, I really liked him. I mean, he was sort of that, that tortured hero kind of thing. Um, and he was leaning into the shtick way too much, being the lone wolf guy. I mean, but, uh, but you know, you could see, you know, a lot of the reasons behind the decisions he made. And you kind of felt for him. I mean, no one would want to have to live with, 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 with the baggage he's packing around. Um, but if we're, if we're doing hypothetical stories, it would have been great. Um, I wanted so badly for Ferris not to be the guy who was killing the former hosts. I wanted it to be Mason and that he wanted to be the host again to get his legs back. And, and like to the legs of, I mean, I, for him to have like this like circle, he wanted like, it was because of the wolf. He lost his legs. And now it was going to be because of the wolf. He was going to get his legs back. And I, I just, I wanted that kind of circle thing to happen. For, cool. Yeah. For Mason to be the bad guy. I wanted that so bad, but yeah, that would have worked. Yeah. 
Because I, I just, I mean, I felt like, I mean, he, he was kind of, had some like jokiness to him, but I felt like there was some real bitterness there as well. Yeah. And I just, man. Yeah, and I, I wanted to see that come back around. But. All right, Josh, what's your best panel? Best panel. Uh, I've got two. I'm going to narrow it down. Let's go to page uh, 20, panel three. Pa- what? 20 uh, what? 23, panel three. Okay. It is the werewolf biting somebody's head off <laughs> with his, you know, while at the same time reaching back and swiping somebody else's head off. Uh, yeah. I thought that was one of the dynamic poses with the wolf. He was doing something besides just holding his arms out. And uh, you could tell going on like there there was no question what action was happening in that panel and i just yeah. again the right amount of violence for a werewolf they're they're violent <laughs> creatures i thought that was cool. to... everyone knows yeah. um common knowledge <laughs> all right mine is I, I it's the dumbest reason <laughs> but it's on page 85 panel six on the bottom it just i didn't know that i needed to see an, an, a werewolf on an escalator I didn't know I needed that in my life, but I needed a werewolf on an escalator in my life. <laughs> and what's his and arms doing? And he's clearly just riding the escalator, though. Yeah, he's in the Wolverine post. He's just <laughs> calmly riding the escalator up to his victims. I, I can picture it humming to itself. Yeah, he should have had his arms crossed. That would have been great. Yeah. Let's see. Right, what's your better answer than what I had? Well, I went with page 142, bottom panel. That was my backup. It's almost Wolverine pose, but I love like the, the the unfinished construction in the background, the full moon, and it just looks like it's roaring. You know, he killed Dylan. Yeah, I like how they draw him kind of lean and athletic, and not just super bulky. That's a that's a cool look for him. That that's the style werewolf I like. I don't like yeah. them when they're too wolfy, and I don't like them when they're more peoply. Like that's that's a good mix. <laughs> I love when we bring the technical terms in. <laughs> well, I'll be accurate in my description. Okay. All right. So uh, next up is best dialogue, and I'm first on this, and I'm doing the monologue um, on pages 16 through 18, and I will read that now. Um, some say the wolf is the ideal hunter, cunning, remorseless, inevitable, but in nature, wolves hunt only for food, for survival, not this thing. This thing hunts for pleasure. That's how you know. This creature, it is not natural. Not a real wolf. Instead, it's something corrupt and twisted. Something more, uh, something nature choked on and vomited up. Once were once, wolves were once considered, no, were once more widespread than any large carnivore that's ever lived. The most successful predator on earth. Except for man. Yep. Well, that's some pretty solid writing there. That was a good one. I almost picked that one. Yeah. It's a little long, but I thought it was good. All right, well, I did a different one, and it was a Mason line. It was on page 48. Yeah, page 48. Let me find it here. When Mason was talking to Dylan about, oh, I did the wrong one. Yeah, that ain't Mason, unless that's a flashback. I don't think it is. Oh. I'm going to down the wrong page. All right. Anyway, it was one of those in the bar, and they was talking about how I can't find. I don't remember where, where pages I didn't look for it now. Anyway, it was Dylan talking about he's not helping people no more. He wants to be the lone wolf thing he's talking about, and uh, he said it was all because of Mason. 
And Mason's like, I don't, I don't know why you listen to anything to me. He says, I'm, I'm just a grumpy old man. I just like his comeback. But I don't remember what page it's on now. I think, I think you're thinking of page 41. Could be. Do you want me to go ahead and read mine while you're confirming that, Sam? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, surprise, surprise, I picked a Ferris line uh, <laughs> from page 140. Uh, and it's when he's uh, got Doc, and, and, and it's cool because the panels, he's slowly getting pointy teeth. His ears are elongating. Like, he's turning into the wolf as he's saying this. But uh, it's a, he's explaining that he's got a terminal illness, and he wants to to be the wolf full time. And he says, you know what I remember? I remember how good it felt how good I felt when I was the wolf. I remember how the wolf healed almost any injury, any sickness. And Dylan says, you can't control it. And Ferris says, even if that's so, what's a few days each month without control compared to immortality? But you're wrong. The wolf won't control me. I am the wolf. And then he turns all hairy. I just thought that was cool. I wonder if he did have control of the wolf at that point. It didn't look like it. He he changed pretty slowly and was talking while he changed. So I I don't know. I think when, he had, when the wolf took fully over, though, I think wolf were running at the show. I think so, too. But Jamie was right. Mine was on page 41. And it was uh, when uh, Dylan was talking to Mason. He goes, I'm not going to risk getting close to anyone else, not until the wolf is dead, once and for all. He goes, okay, this is what Mason says. Okay, I get where you're coming from, but I can't be the only person you interact with. I don't even like myself that much. I used to help people, people like you, people like me. Got to admit, I never expected to hear that from you. Wasn't wasn't it you who said helping people is a waste of time? And then Mason goes, why in the name of all that's sacred would you listen to me? And I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a good conversation. It shows you what kind of person Dylan is. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that set a tone for like the character stuff. Like who Dylan and Mason is and his why he is the way he is with Casey. I thought that, that conversation did a lot of heavy lifting for the for the book. There's a whole bunch more, but that was the, the gist I wanted to get across. Yep. All right, Sam, you get to keep yammering. What's your best full page spread? All right, so there was only one full page and I didn't pick it. So I went with page uh one twenty eight issue is issue six. Josh already called it out. I really like that one. I didn't Josh. mean to show your thunder. That's right. Well, there was one full page, and I knew I mean, it's all we could pick, so I wanted to pick a different cover. I really did enjoy that cover. One, 126? 128, issue 6. 128, okay, I got you. Yep. I was thinking one, 128, I mean 126 is a pretty nondescript page there. Um, hey, Josh, <laughs> it's your turn to yammer. What's your best full page spread? Uh, yeah, the only full page was page 120 or page 21, and it's the wolf doing his arms out to the side pose that I really didn't want to pick. I was bummed that that was the only one. Uh, so I'm going to call out my backup best panel uh, just to uh, change it up here. It's uh, page 31, panel four. Yep. And it was, uh, I think it's when Ferris was killing the people. And at first, I didn't realize that that was Ferris had killed somebody. I thought that was more wolf damage. But then to realize that that was another person <laughs> that did that, it kind of shows you maybe he is the wolf. Like he's he's wreaking some havoc on people. Yeah, um, that's a pretty and that like you're talking about like um, them drawing the line of being like gory but not too gory. Right. They they could have really leaned into it there, and they chose not right. to. Yeah. All right. My turn on the yammer carousel here i'm 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 gonna be captain obvious and i'm gonna win by obeying the rules 
I'm going to go page 21. Um, it's the only full page spread, therefore I win because I picked it. I, I, I did think it was pretty creative and kind of cool the way you're, he's looking through the broken windshield thing. Um, and, we, and so here you have the broken glass around it. Um, yep. You have him looking through it at the wolf and the with the full moon behind it. I thought it was a it was a I, I mean it is the only one, but I think it's a really I might have picked it no matter how many there were. I think it's a really cool full page spread. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yep. Yep. All right, Josh, what is your um, this is our month long special award? What is your best? This would be cool in a horror movie. Uh, we're going to go over to page one fifteen. It's uh, Casey's flashback once you realize that that's Casey in the car. Uh, it's uh, you know. Her and her husband, their kid's in the back sick. They're trying to get to the hospital. And then the kid pops between the seats. He's half turned into a werewolf. He's got the pointy teeth. And he just starts wreaking havoc in the car. So I like the the creepy kid. You think he's sick, and then he pops up half werewolf. And I thought I thought that was good. I think that'd make a good scene. And it was pretty well set up because we didn't think – I didn't think it was going to be the kid. That was yeah, I didn't her. either. I thought it was going to be her. Yeah. And she got all quiet. All right, I'm going to be Captain Obvious again. Werewolf loose in the mall. That's a really good one. Yeah, I mean, that would be just a really... And it would have to be better done. You can't have just people just shopping during the werewolf <laughs> gun battle. But, I mean, I, that would be a, just a really cool horror scene in a horror movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and you'd get to have a werewolf on an escalator. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> That needs to happen, doesn't it, Jamie? <laughs> All right, so I thought I went obvious. It's in. It's on page 109 through page 111. And that's when they're at the trailer park at the meth lab place thing. And the girl walks outside, and you see the little, a little bit, the wolf's arm comes over the side of the, the house, rips her head off, and then they start shooting holes in the ceiling because that's where it's at. And then you see its head poke through the ceiling. Like, oh, man, that's like total uh, horror movie stuff. You can, I can just... Imagine hearing the wolf rocking around the roof above them, the girl screaming, and all that stuff. Man, that'd be that'd be really good in the movie. No, that, yeah, that'd be a good scene for sure. Yeah, that would be that would be like a really like a really tense because tense. they're they're so isolated. Yep. It's so dark. There's not, not it's only natural lighting, and where is yep. he lurking? And he's he's up on the roof. I mean, that's yeah, that'd be really cool. Yep. I still think wolf, werewolf on an escalator is the right right answer, but. <laughs> I think he crossed his arms. I agree with Josh. He had his arms. <laughs> Tapping his big clawed foot. <laughs> uh, all right. You want to cast this thing? Sure. Yep. All right. Uh, okay. I'm first. Um, I was going to say, uh, anyway, I'm a little off tonight. Um, it's on the nose, man. But for dealing, I'm going to go Tom Hardy. That's a good one. I've got a backup, but Tommy, I know, I know he's been Eddie Brock and it's a very similar character and he's, he's being sort of edgy, you know, you know, slightly greasy kind of guy a lot. Um, uh, but I, but he's good at it. <laughs> yeah. I, I like Tom Hardy. That's a good yeah. answer. He, he, got, and he's a good actor. I think I got a better answer. Okay. John Bernthal. That was my backup. I think he would do better. And I picked him. Because of the bearded hunter, who I, I want to see uh, John Bernthal fight my bearded hunter guy. Okay. Yeah, so I waffle. John... Yeah, that you're probably right. I, but I waffle between Tom Hardy, and, Tom Hardy, and John Bernthal. Those were the two I considered. So I'm, I'm glad at least both got mentioned that way. Josh. Yeah. yeah. Well, you just got outvoted, Jamie, because I also have John Bernthal. 
That's the right answer. That is. Just just picture the Netflix Punisher series. Like that level of intensity, that focus, you know, the revenge aspect. Like that's John Bernthal with Nail Arrow. Well, even even more than than his Frank Castle, his you know his, his Shane from The Walking Dead. Dead, yeah, yeah, because yeah, he's he's a little, a little more sympathetic character there. Um, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I thought about it too long and too hard. Uh, Sam, who's your Casey? Well, she was ever evolving Casey, so I picked the later half Casey, the more revenge Casey. Uh, I don't know if y'all know her name. Her her or not, but her name is Eva Green. She's been in all kinds of movies. I, I think she plays that type of character really well. Yeah, uh, it's it's hard to argue. I mean, and, and her role, she's not a very distinct character. No. And so it's, so, I mean, it's hard to even get mad about anybody you cast. So, and it's uh, what was that? Penny Pennywise or Pennyworth? What was that show she was on? Dreadful. Penny Dreadful. Penny Dreadful. Yeah. Eva Green. I think, Penny I think Pennyworth is a very different show. It is. I was going to do Penny Miss <laughs> uh, Money Penny from Bond. Uh, anyway, Josh, who who is your Casey? For Casey, again, you had a lot of uh, visual cues to take. Uh, and I went with Adrienne Palicki. I thought about her. She would have been a really good one. I think, She's, again, the sake of this... Yeah, yeah, like issues five and six, I think she had that look. And then seeing her, you know, come out of the house and go stab the werewolf, like a, I think she'd be good at that role. Yeah, I, I really struggle with Casey because there's just not much to go on. Yeah. Um, and so I, I really, I, pr- I pretty much went, you know, lady, I want to get a lot more work. So I'm going Florence Pugh. What's she in? Yeah. The name's she familiar. was Yelena in uh, Black Widow. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm down for that. I mean, but you could. I mean, anyway, I've already complained yeah. about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Josh, a lot, of, lot, lot, lot of cues you could have taken for Casey, yeah. just depending on which way you wanted to go. There's no way to win or lose that. Yes, <laughs> you know, you got it. Yeah. All right, Josh, who's your Mason? Uh, for Mason, so I'm leaning into the little bit older character. I don't know that they ever said how old he was but they made a couple of old jokes uh but i'm going with john goodman Ooh, that is a good one i like him and i would like i think if we could lean into the being older we've got uh uh dylan who killed his family imagine john goodman as you know he's almost 70 now killed like his grandkids and his whole family like all that extra guilt from killing like grandkids and stuff and i think that would be some extra stuff we could add to that character I think John Goodman would be good at that. And he's really good at like covering like bitterness with humor. Yeah. yeah. And then and the kind of joking about it, but then when you like get his backstory, like, oh man, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's joking about it, but he ain't joking really. Right. Yeah. yeah. John Goodman, he he's good. Um you ever seen Tin Cloverfield Lane? Mm-hmm. No. I need to. He's so good in that. He was really good in that one. Yeah. Um I'm, I'm falling though. <laughs> well, honestly, I, I mean, goodness, good in everything. I mean, he's just a really good actor. Um, so for my Mason, I'm I'm doing an ethnicity swap just because I like this guy and I think he'd be good at this role. I'm going Benedict Wong. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he'd be really. I mean, no, we didn't, we'll need to, you know, I, I want I want him to be like the man in the chair and have more of a role. And I think Benedict Wong would be a really good with with that dynamic. 
I can see that. I went more direct. This guy's played this role before. If y'all have ever watched Supernatural, it's Bobby Singer. His real name's Jim Beaver. He played Bobby. Yeah, he pretty much just is this guy. Huh? He just pretty much is this guy. I know he's that guy. Uh, I he, thought, just, he should almost be disqualified because he just is this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I, was, I was reading it and I seen Mason. And <laughs> I kept hearing Bobby's voice in my head. I got Bobby. <laughs> I guess the wasn't too hard. I knew it was too much. So I was like, well, I think Don Goodman's better. But I, that's just, I just couldn't get that guy out of my head. Yeah. That's Bobby. <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right, so the next one, apparently we're all really confident in who we've got for Mr. Hodge, the beardy hunter. But um, so here's mine. I'm going Wyatt Russell. I'm going a little little bit younger than I think he's portrayed here, but I think Wyatt Russell does really good with that. I mean, his face acting, because it is not a lot of dialogue there. It's just a lot of physical performance and face acting, and I think Wyatt Russell would be really good as this sort of edgy, unhinged, I don't care to shoot into a crowd kind of guy. I, I think White Russell would really get that onto the screen. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad, but I agree. Yeah. And I, I like that, but I, the the guy I picked was good. I, I want to see John Bernthal and Gerald Butler have a fight. <laughs> Gerald Butler with his beard uh, and shooting <laughs> into the crowd and having a big fist fight. That'd just be awesome to see. I think Bernthal would have to do the entire fight on an apple box, though. <laughs> I think I think Gerard Butler's about even just taller than him. <laughs> well, Joe Butler like got, he he stumbled, he fell on his knees a couple times when they were fighting. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it'd be interesting to see Joe Butler like this big beardy because he, he done a movie not too long ago where he was a like a kind of a dirty cop and had, mm-hmm. kind of that character, real ruthless. I can't remember the name of that movie all of a sudden. I wanted to see the volcano movie he made recently. That looked pretty interesting. No, oh, that did look good. Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, draw Butler, just for the fight scene. All right, Josh, who's your beardy guy? Uh, I'm going with Andy Serkis. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah, I mean... It's hard to get mad about it. Yeah. Even when he's not wearing a green CGI bodysuit, he's just a good actor. Right. And and, and he can do, like, over the top. I mean, he can... He can put in a good performance if he needs to, yeah. Yeah. Avengers 2, when he was the... the Ulysses Claw. Yeah, Yeah, Claw. Claw. I can't think of the guy's name. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen like the comic book version of Ulysses Claw? Uh, I don't think so. It's real weird. I'll send you an email. Or Google it later. It's it's they did they, they did any circus a favor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, Sam, who's your fairest the bad guy hunter? All right, so the guy I picked was because I kept seeing him when I read it, and it's it's an obscure pick. You might have to Google him. But he's from Heroes, the fourth season. He was a circus ringleader guy. Uh, he, he played Samuel in Hero Heroes. But Robert Kipner, K-N-E-P-P-R. I, I, I really don't know him from nothing else because I, I Googled a lot of the movies and TV shows he's been in. But because I, I really enjoyed Heroes and it got canceled because I enjoyed it so much. But I, I liked his character in that and it was kind of like this kind of character. Yeah, that, I remember that character. That was, I didn't love that season or, I didn't or even that storyline, but I mean, he, he is a very similar character. He was pretty good at it. He's pretty good at that character. And I think he, he was drawn like that guy a couple times. So, All right, Josh, 
Can you top that? Uh, maybe. I've got Richard E. Grant. You'll remember. You'll know him from uh, Sam from uh, Logan. He was the that made X twenty four. The main like scientist guy. What are you talking about? Yeah. Kind of just you look at him like he's probably a bad guy. Like you kind of get that you get you get that vibe from Ferris as soon as they're sitting in the little room talking you're like he's kind of shady, and, and Richard E. Grant can give that vibe off when he needs to I think. All right, so I'm going off of the fact that this guy very much how he's drawn, kind of lean, maybe even verging on sickly. Um, like maybe you look him in the face and you can tell maybe he's looking not looking out of his eyes at the same world that you are. Um, Giovanni Ribisi. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, he likes that stuff. Yeah, I think I just won that one. That's a good yeah. One. I still like. Yeah. <laughs> is is Giovanni old enough? Uh, Sam, time time passes in a straight line. Um, I, I, I it's been a long was... time, bro. Different <laughs> than me, so yeah, I guess he is old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, if you remember, well, um, he was on one of the best episodes of the X-Files ever. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the lightning kid. Um, I don't remember the name of the episode or his character's name. But he was probably 20, and that was probably, what, 1995? 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it's It's been well, a there, there's no rule that says you can't have a terminal illness at age 40. I mean, he doesn't have to be an older guy. Yeah. Well, he was, that was years ago, though. Do the math on that. That's what I was figuring. He already looked older than Dylan. Anyways, it don't matter. <laughs> anyway, just, moving on. I still think yeah. he's the right guy for the role. Anyway, Josh, who's your wild card? Wild card. Uh, so I would lean into this character a little bit more and, and get him some more uh, time on the screen. But uh, Dr. Henderson from issue six, the dad of the daughter that uh, is turning. Uh, and I'm going with Forrest Whitaker. I can see that. Pretty good. I like him yeah. as a dog. I can see him, you know, pleading with Dylan to to give him a chance to try to save his daughter. But you know, if push come to shove and he had to do something, he could do that remorseful. I got to kill my family. Like he he can get all those emotions across really well. I think. Okay, I think I may have you beat only if like a time machine is involved because I think you're casting Doctor Henderson, Doctor Henderson as the grandfather of that little girl. Yeah, so I'm casting Doctor Henderson, who's the actual father of that girl. I'm going Jordan Peele. And he's not just a funny guy from Key and Peele. I think he can actually act. And I think he, he actually looks like this guy. I, I, I thought about him, but I, I, th- I think I went with Forrest Whitaker instead, obviously. I, mean, I hard to get mad about Forrest Whitaker. He's good, man. What rando did you pick? There's not a lot of characters in the story. I didn't want to pick nobody real super important. So I like both of y'all's guesses. But I went with the waitress in issue two. That uh, try to pick up Dylan, and I picked Kaylee Kuoko, Penny. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's not as obscure as I expected. But she's she had like, then I wanted to like see. three whole pages. Well, no, she's about four panels, five panels. Yeah, well, oh. At least you she's picked somebody lines. with some speaking lines this time. What do you yeah. have? Yeah. standing They're in a right. corner, not doing anything. Actual <laughs> word balloons pointed at her. <laughs> It won't happen again. <laughs> Raise the bar. Too obvious. But I thought Kaylee would do it. So, Penny. Why not? 
Well, Josh, I think this was one of your better Daredevil picks. So it, it wasn't bad. I've, yeah. We all know I've picked a lot worse without checking. So this one's we yeah. all enjoyed it. it uh, speaking of which, remind me when we're done to tell you about a uh, Daredevil pick we're taking off the board that I've got okay. later on. Uh, anyway, so but speaking of one of my picks, um, next up is my pick for Halloween, Year Zero. And it's, I mean, I'm, I'm going to read the comicsology summary, and the first two words in this summary are the reason I picked it. Ben Percy and Ramon Rosanas team up to present an epic tale that offers a global look at the zombie apocalypse. A Japanese hitman, a Mexican street urchin, an Afghan military aide, a polar research scientist, and a Midwestern American survivalist. Five survivors of a horrific global epidemic who must draw upon their unique skills and deepest instincts to navigate a world of shambling dead. Year Zero wrestles with the weighty moral and theological questions posed by the pandemic and investigates its cause and possible cure. Sounds good. Yeah. And, and it's just been, yeah, I was going to say Ben Percy, right? And it's just Ben Percy. Yeah. Have we reviewed anything else of his? No, but we, we will be. We will? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's on the list. Yeah. I mean, I, I discovered him when they did the relaunch of the X books at Marvel, and he took over um, uh, Wolverine and X Force. And they've not, he's knocked my socks off on those books. They've been the, I mean, the clear highlights of that series, uh, of that relaunch. Yeah. Whole family of books. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're done here. And so, so is Sam. He's already gone. <laughs> he checked out on us. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it's a two-man salute. Good night. Goodbye, Switzerland. <laughs>